if you start going into these communities and you actually kind of put together the strings, I have like a list of like 500 something hashtags that are banned. If you lay them all out and you look at them, you're going to notice a common theme among them within like cannabis is banned and et cetera. But honest to God, where I feel that hashtags and where Instagram kind of like docks people is in the DMs. You have a bunch of pictures of weed. You're using banned hashtags that are known for when you go into these communities to find products in your area. When you go into these communities, you'll notice the common theme of who is here and who is not checking things. And like, even though we're coming out of a prohibition to where it shouldn't be stigmatized, if you look at it, it looks like drug deals are happening. You know, if you have a business deal, even if you're a legit CBD business or a legit cannabis business, like take that stuff out of DMs. I have people like messaging me like, I got pounds, I got all of this stuff done. Like we've all had, you know, interactions with that. And I've had interactions that are kind of terrifying on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, well, this is why these things are banned. And like, this is why we have like a bad reputation. Instagram doesn't want to be involved in that. You're listening to To Be Blunt, the podcast for cannabis marketers, where your host Shada Taravi and her guests are trailblazing the path to marketing, educating, and professionalizing cannabis. Light one up and listen up. Here's your host, Shada Taravi. We made it to another episode. Hey, hi, and hello. My name is Shada. I'm your host. And how are y'all doing out there? I hope I'm not talking to a wall unless you are, in fact, staring at a wall while listening to this podcast. Now, that could be fun. But nonetheless, here is a friendly reminder to connect with me on social media. The show is at To Be Blunt Pod, and my personal is at The Shaded Tarabi on Instagram. Please reach out with any questions or feedback you might have about this show. I aim to be a resource and genuinely want these episodes to be valuable for you. So please contribute to the feedback loop. It really will help us both. Now, with formalities out of the way, I'm stoked because today's guest is a friendly of mine here in Texas. Her name is Grace Delgado, and she's the editor-in-chief at Texas Cannabis Today. She's also a digital marketer, writer, and web developer that works primarily with tech and cannabis startups. Grace has been a key resource in our community, helping brands and myself navigate and interpret Texas's ever-evolving cannabis laws. But specifically, Grace has a knack for social media. And as y'all know, cannabis and social media aren't the best of friends. As we dive into today's episode, I hope you think about what your current social media strategy is, if you have one or not, and that this episode is beneficial for you. So let's welcome Grace to the show and dig right in. My name is Grace Delgado, and I am the founder of the Texas CBD blog, and I'm also a digital marketing consultant as well. Really, what I like to focus on is how cannabis and hemp and CBD play in social media and the digital media in general. Well, first off, how I got into cannabis is I've always been really interested in cannabis and smoking weed. Ever since high school, I was super curious about the culture and the, I don't know, it was like the alternate kind of universe to me because I grew up really conservative. I was homeschooled and 
I was that kid who wanted to one kind of be rebellious, but two, I was rebellious because I really wanted to know the story on the other side. And so it was like kind of DevOps my whole entire life because of how I grew up. That's how the whole high school thing started. I went to got into college. I started like smoking more. And then I was actually looking to apply to which, which college I was going to apply to. Um, I ended up going to UTSA for my bachelor's degree. Before that, I was at San Antonio College for American Sign Language Interpreting. So this is where my communication background comes in. So I'm actually proficient in American Sign Language. But really, that's a whole different skill set that I want to talk about right now. So when I was looking at different colleges for where I was going to go to, I was looking at the University of Boulder. What I was really curious about and why I wanted to move to Colorado is like, I just always felt like pulled there. And then I started following the politics where for legalization and et cetera. And I just started like going over there, visiting once everything was like legalized and everything was kind of like all fresh and new in 2014, 16. And then I just kind of like fell in love with the cannabis industry and I wanted to do whatever I could to get into it. So I followed a bunch of pages on Facebook. I thought that was like the most like freeing thing in my soul to like follow different like accounts and like follow up with like what's going on in cannabis politics and stuff. But really what solidified me getting into the cannabis industry was in 2018 when the farm bill passed and I was learning about that and like went before it passed I was learning about it like oh my god like Texas is probably actually going to do something it's crazy because it'll be it'll be legal uh, nationally so I just kind of started to get my ducks in a row there and I remember going to my first CBD dispensary walking in and being like oh my god like this is where I'm going to be like I just knew like my heart was here and it was done because I saw on the national level, like things are happening and moving. So I ended up like starting a few things. And then I ended up starting the Texas CBD blog, which was really like a way to cultivate my interest in, in cannabis at first. Like, so I had like a private Instagram account that I could just follow these pages and follow, et cetera. But then I realized that there was so much more happening in the cannabis community in Texas and across the United States with, you know, having these rules clarified and, that's when I started to really start to talk about and notice and, and connect with other entrepreneurs who were doing something in the space because I knew I would never have this chance again. I said, if I, in 10 years from now, you're not going to have the owners of these spaces at the front, at the counter. You're not going to have that. They're going to all have business and scale and et cetera. And I was like, I want to talk to these people who are crazy enough to do this in Texas. So that's where it kind of started and it bloomed from there. And it's definitely been a journey because in cannabis in general, it's really technical because of all the rules that are coming out and there's no clarification for things and et cetera. So I kind of just like jumped in head first and kind of started following it and like unraveling the problems people were having because I knew I was facing them. And that's where it kind of stuck where like, how to look at things and on top of it. So I also have a background in, I used to work for the government. So I used to work for a a public university. So I understand how and why things have to be, they have to be done a certain way when you have regulation and you don't have regulation and what that looks like. So having that background and watching this unfold, I was able to kind of like navigate it. And then whenever I talk to like clients, it's like, understanding why things have to be done this way and almost like a little checklist in my brain of what I consider like best practices and just being safe even though I understand like we make our own lines or there are no lines really except for the law 
So just like looking from that lens, it just kind of gives me like a different perspective of how to approach these things. Also, what's been really cool though, about this whole journey watching it is you kind of see who those entrepreneurs who are doing their best and doing their due diligence and putting their best foot forward when implementing these practices, because it puts like a divide between things of like where you are going within your business and like legalization and how you would act because we don't, it is a wild west, but how responsible are you of a, within your content, within like your store, within like your products? Like, are you a good example for the state of Texas when that day comes and be like, can we trust these people with stewards with these flowers? And it's like, actually, yeah, you can. And I can be like, bam, like, look at all these businesses, look at all these entrepreneurs. Like these are the people who are fighting for it. And I think that's the beauty of being a part of the cannabis community in Texas and being a part of that community and just kind of like figuring out how to work best with one another. But you know, it's still a wild west. It's crazy. So yeah, that's kind of like how I got here. (laughs) I appreciated that very thorough introduction of yourself. I think what I'll kind of like dig into a little bit further is, you know, you said it really well. You were kind of observing the industry starting in Texas. And rather than kind of passively see what was happening in regards to the players who were getting involved, you were curious and you wanted to have more than a passive, you know, standard by type platform, uh, whether it was a voice or you actually, you know, kind of creating content. I remember when you first launched and to kind of, you know, again, connect dots maybe for listeners. So Grace and I have known each other for the past couple of years. We're both here in Austin, Texas now. Just from a trust perspective, I think you are someone who I've observed create content because you started by being somebody who was genuinely curious and listening and learning about what was happening. And I think as someone who is running a business in the space from a kind of retailer and dispensary perspective, I mean, everything you just said is really accurate. It's it's what's happening at a national level, what's happening at a state level, what's happening in my city, uh, what are the the pieces of information that I need to understand to be in business, to what are the pieces of information I need to stay in business. So you and I, I think, have had a fun time kind of respectively digging into that side, the technicality of the industry, which before we were recording, this episode might get a little shady. I'll kind of throw it out there. Uh, you know, Austin is is one of those really great examples, I think, of the community that we're building here in Texas. I definitely, obviously, I have this podcast, so I'm very public facing myself. And I have people who message me all the time being like, oh, I'm so jealous. We don't have the same community in Houston or, you know, Dallas even, but it's like the flip side of that coin is because there's this community in Austin, this hyper excitement for cannabis and CBD, unfortunately you have a lot of bad players. And so navigating that just kind of on the level of social media and marketing, you know, your brand, creating a differentiation about your brand. And ultimately, in my opinion, the onus is on educating the consumers. That's a really scary storm to exist in. And so I think 
what I love most about you and where I definitely want to drive most of this conversation for the listeners is really around what you have seen and what you continue to see when it comes to social media. Obviously, knowing that it is an area that's a hot subject for our industry because of the whole advertising side of things. But I do think there's a lot of uh, success found in social media as well. And I think people who succeed, it just comes down to understanding the rules of engagement, which you seem to have understood or are, are trying to understand as best as you can. So what are some of the things that you know, you're kind of observing when it comes to social media, whether that's cannabis brands in Texas or just in general? First off, when it comes to social media, in general, I feel like we have a standard of like what we see and then we realize like what we can actually produce. And then once you throw cannabis on top of that, it gets a whole lot more complicated. So first off, like what I see is, is just how people use and like what their skill sets and just even just like having a, like a, their profile set up properly and just like what, knowing who you are as a brand, like those are all just like basic business stuff. So we're going to kind of, so I'm just starting out with that just to actually put it aside. So this is besides that. Now, what we're talking about is like advanced practices. So let's get that going first. What I'm really seeing is, is just not being smart with the basics of social media and realizing how in the macro people don't understand that in the algorithm, it reads everything. And you have to remember also, like, if you look at Facebook and like, Facebook owns Instagram and then who and who those businesses are acquired behind it, which is a whole nother topic, it's consuming everything that you put on there. And this also includes comments you're engaging with. This includes like the hashtags that you're putting in and kind of being smart about those things. Now, one major thing is people always talk about in cannabis is getting shadow banned. And we've all had it. We've all experienced it. If you're in cannabis and you haven't been shadow banned, I don't know how you have got that far. So what shadow banning is, is when your engagement and the promotion of your profile is throttled. Now, if you actually go to Instagram, like Instagram.com and like look at their blog, they will tell you that they don't really shadow. They would, before they told you that they didn't shadow ban people, but most recently they've said that they, they'll reduce engagement if you don't follow certain guidelines that they put out. And that's, of course, just being friendly towards advertisers and just within your community. At the end of the day, if they can't put your photo in a category and based off of all the information that you have, if they can't categorize this photo, then they're just not going to give it to engagement. So it's just not going to go to anybody. So um, that and that's just that's just realness right there. So and that's where it goes back down to your, your basics of what it means to have a kind of like a well-rounded brand and kind of figuring out who you are that ultimately that's what shadow banning is. It's it's just when your, your profile is thought throttled. And that happens because you're using certain hashtags that you shouldn't be or posting certain images that maybe Instagram doesn't like. Is it really the hashtag focus or what really is targeting the ban? I think it's a big picture overall, but I really do think that it comes down to like the hashtags you're putting in your profile. It comes down to also the photo. So when the AI reads your photos, 
not being able to categorize it, your hashtags, and then you're engaging with people who might have like kind of like shady information in there, like not putting everything in context. Um, I think that all contributes to it. And how you get out of shadow bands is pretty simple. It's just, you kind of have to keep fighting through the algorithm and just kind of like clearing up a few things. Now, when you're looking at a profile and you're getting out of it, like what are simple ways to kind of figure out, like, is your profile, you know, at risk is I always tell people to start with their hashtags. Now there are different tools that you can use, but they cost money. They're not that very expensive, but at the end of the day, if you're on a tight budget, what I would 100% do is go into the communities that you're hashtagging in. So if you're hashtagging weed, hashtagging Texas cannabis is one of them, I think, if I recall correctly, because that was brand new. It wasn't, it wasn't banned before, but recently I noticed that it was. And if you go into those hashtag communities and Instagram will tell you that there is some suspicious activity going on within these hashtags, it will say, you know, like you may not be seen if you use these. So now if you've gone and like looked at the communities of the hashtags and seen like, Hey, like I'm noticing five of the hashtags that I like to use are coming, have this warning under them that Instagram, you know, it's public information. Anybody can figure this out. If they have that, well, that's probably a reason why you're being throttled because you're not being shown to anybody. Now your hashtags, how like you can follow hashtags and have them follow your feed. Like, so that's going to be stunning you. Now, what is crazy? Now this is the realty. This is the honest to God realty. So if you start going into these communities and you actually kind of put together the strings. And so I have lists, I have like a list of like 500 something hashtags that are banned. If you lay them all out and you look at them, you're going to notice a common theme among them within like where cannabis is banned and et cetera. But honest to God, where I feel that hashtags and where Instagram kind of like docks people is in the DMs. You have a bunch of pictures of weed. You're using banned hashtags that are known for when you go into these communities to find products in your area. So if someone was in Austin and they're like, yo, I want to find some good kush. Like, what do I do? They go to Instagram. When you go into these communities, you'll notice the common theme of who is here and who is not checking things. And like, even though we're coming out of a prohibition to where it shouldn't be stigmatized, if you look at it, it looks like drug deals are happening. Oh, totally. You know, we're here. We're all free of the weed. I'm not saying it's bad, but like from a business perspective who they want the money, they're pushing those people are buying Chanel bags, you know, on Instagram. So they want, though Instagram wants that money to be pushed through. But if you have all this other illegal activity to kind of like launder stuff, that's where things kind of get shut down. It's just interesting to see, like, really looking at your profile, like, does it look legitimate? Being a legit business, keeping things clean. And like, do I think hashtag weed should be um, banned? No. Is it? Yes. Are there good reasons for it? Heck yeah. When you look at that community, um, yeah, there is a lot of good reasons for it. And I think that's where everybody kind of having a, kind of taking a second look at how they display this information right now. You know, if you have a business deal, even if you're a legit CBD business or a legit cannabis business, like take that stuff out of DMs. I have people like messaging me. I got pounds. I got all this stuff down. Like we've all had, you know, interactions with that. And I've had interactions that are kind of terrifying on Instagram with 
you know, bigger people pushing products because of the lists that they send me. And I'm like, okay, well, this is why it's <laughs> like, this is why these things are banned. And like, this is why we have like a bad reputation because we're also still fighting. Like it's not legal and there's no clarity around it. And Instagram doesn't want to be involved in that. But they are, they are involved. It's such a convoluted problem because I mean, abstractly you're sitting here and you're thinking, like we were kind of joking before we started recording, like, oh, I'm a small business and I would like to be on social media. And social media has given me this option to sell my physical products through my social media platform. It's like everybody's, you know, dream. We want to be online 2020. We're doing e-commerce. And then like, oh, wait, as a cannabis brand, I cannot participate in these certain e-commerce transactions happening. However, like you just said, I'll kind of, you know, I always love to fall on the sword. That's my favorite thing to do. You guys know this. That's the whole point of this podcast us to be as transparent and blunt as possible. So I, unlike you, Grace, am a semi-smart marketer in the sense that I know hashtags are quote-unquote what we need to be using. However, I'm also lazy AF and don't like changing my hashtags. So once I got 30 hashtags, they're relatively in my wheelhouse. They kind of, you know, sit whether it's let me give myself some caveat. I do have hashtags I rotate. If it's um something food related. I'm going to show food related hashtags. If it's fashion, I'm going to use fashion related hashtags and not vice versa, you know, unless there's like some reason to put those hashtags together. However, when you're looking at cannabis, it's kind of hard because again, as the smart ish marketer in me, I know we can't use hashtag weed. We can't. It's banned. It doesn't net me anything. What's the point of me using hashtag weed unless I'm trying to get some of this black market stuff going? And so as to be blunt's Instagram manager, that's my job, my role. You know, like I said, I'm not the most creative when it comes to hashtags. So I've certainly used probably all of the ones that you're aware of that are, you know, shadow banned or banned to some extent. And what I found was really interesting was the type of engagement that the podcast page was getting by using those hashtags. I mean, I would say I was getting followers when I first launched, but they were all from these like nothing for sale, but very clearly like Oregon grown or whatever it is, or DM me if you have questions, but nothing for sale type of accounts. And it's just like, that is the unfortunate world we're living in. Like those accounts exist, whether Instagram wants to deal with it or not. And as a result, then people in the industry who want to take advantage of these hashtags that are semi-relevant because it can be hard. I mean, again, like I'm here confessing as somebody with a degree in marketing, I've been doing marketing professionally for many years and hashtags overwhelms me. And I'm somebody who is better accustomed to social media. It's just like, how do regular brands in the cannabis space navigate this? Because then my flip side to that, again, I'll throw myself on that sword. I'm sorry. A lot of these cannabis brands sorry consumers, you're not very smart, but these people are buying followers, they're buying engagement, and they're basically inflating their profiles to be cooler, bigger, better than they are. And so here I am, I'm sitting in the middle, I'm a genuine gal who doesn't want to, you know, buy or exploit or whatever. But I'm watching my follower, you guys can't see what I'm using air quotes, I'm watching my follower count go up by these fake accounts, because I'm using these 
poor hashtags. And it's just this like really gross web that we've webbed ourselves in, in this industry, unfortunately, where I don't know if it's cannabis or it's really social media in general, but I don't trust it anymore. And so that was a lot of word vomit on my part to say, as somebody, again, who's on social media for a lot of her job, I have to kind of navigate it because I don't believe everything that's out there. So how does someone listening to this conversation, Grace, navigate what you and I are discussing? Well, at the end of the day, it kind of depends on what your goal is for your account and like who you are as a person. Like if you're a brand, when you're looking at like more like weed influencers, like can't like cannabis influencers. And there's a lot of those cool, like, don't get me wrong, dude. If you go to my favorite accounts to stock, cause it blows my mind. Like before I go on this is I love stocking Oregon and I love stocking Washington because they, I will fall into really fun, really, really fun. Like the, the chains of like people like taking hits and then like you go into more of like the glass culture and like people glowing, blowing glass and people having glass competitions. Like that is where you're going to find a bunch of like fun stuff. Now it's just, it really depends on your account. So if you're a consumer, I say, fuck it. Like just kind of like do like kind of do what you want. But at the same time, if you have some sort of like just kind of like you're going to be experimenting with your own account following those because some of those, there's a portion of those accounts that have like only fans connected to it. Now they're going to have only fans like hashtags and what you're doing with hashtags and everything that you do on social media is teaching the algorithm how to serve you ads better, how the algorithm wants to serve you at the very end of the day. That's all they care about. And the only reason why you end up in limbo is because they don't know who to serve you to, or you've done some things that they might find shady because somebody has like, let's say hashtag sex because they're trying to be edgy. What are you doing? Like, just think about it from a big perspective. If you have that type of hashtag in your set, what are you telling them? What do you like? There are very much illegal things that are going on, but there are also not illegal things in certain States, which have no shame, no, Hey, I'm not being shady here. People do what they want. But you have to just think about the big picture. You know, they also have like younger audiences on there. Now, if you're a a business account and you are really fighting for, and you're really like navigating this whole process, like you're in great hands because you're listening to an amazing podcast. For good business practices is just take a step back, look at your account, what you are posting. Is there anything that looks shady for one? Like I encourage you, the biggest thing is go into these hashtags and like look at those communities because you're teaching Instagram that you want to be categorized in these places. So look at those communities. Do you resonate with them? How, how do you want to be seen? And this is going to suck. Like once you start changing up hashtags, you start changing up your way, you're going to probably have a little bit of lower engagement because you're kind of like putting the brakes and you're changing the road. And I have personal, a very personal experience doing this. Like I've have like certain posts that have performed low because of that. So, um, so that's just, the, that's really the first part is just like, take a step back, look, look at that. And then number one, out of everything, please keep any business that you do off of Instagram. Please send them to an email. Please just don't, if you're going to be like slinging product, whatever, don't do Don't indicate any of that on social media. Like, Hey, like, Hey, it's like send us a DM or check out my emails and like, you know, send them off the platform because at the end of the day, I think that that's what 
kind of kicks people in the head is not taking that off because people are trying to have um, aliases and are you, they use social media as an alias in order to provide the product and getting it to people. And then they'll be like, Oh yeah, add me to Facebook. And then we're, you know, I'll send you money through WhatsApp or something like that's, those are just very real practices. And they'll like tell you to go to Snapchat or tell you to go to Venmo, whatever. Like just don't do, if you like your account, just don't do it on Instagram. Let me stop you and break that down a little bit further. So you're saying no business in the DMs. So for example, a feature that I know brands use and we use it. We have like a Facebook messenger and like you just kind of highlighted Facebook and Instagram, they own each other. So as a way to better communicate with our customers in real time, we've added like a Facebook messenger app. And so I do spend a significant amount of my time every day. I wouldn't say selling, but educating and answering people's questions through DMs. Yeah. And I think there are certain, there's a certain amount of grace period for sure. But the reason why I say this is if you go look at why other people have gotten banned on Instagram and like not even cannabis related, it usually has to do with like something shady happening in the DMs or just like shady practices altogether. Again, I think it's a big picture overall, but it is a, it's a heavier strike against you in my opinion. And that's just from what I've learned and observed because I've seen this happen in other industries too. So, and really like what you're doing is thinking about like the hot industries. Like you're talking about like sex work, you're looking at alcohol, you're looking at tobacco, like any of these other things that if they did that, they get banned. And like, there's reasons why other platforms are created for that. Except our industry, just like alcohol is a legitimate industry And especially if you're selling hemp products, they are federally legal. I'm sorry that my hemp flower looks just like marijuana flower, but that's the unfortunate rub I think that we're in when it comes to cannabis is like you have this weird federal illegality gray area, so to speak. But then when it comes to CBD, it's full on federally legal. This is a legal product, and yet I'm not allowed to advertise. I think that's what gets me the most frustrated is I get people who are like, you know, maybe marijuana brands in California or Colorado, and they're trying to do stuff with like, I mean, to segue into like a weird nebulous part of social media, like influencer stuff. Like if you are in a legal state and you want to use influencers, technically you cannot give influence. I mean, you can't give anybody free products. I mean, just from what I do, I know a lot of brands and they're always like, Hey, I can sell you this for like really cheap pennies, but I can't give you cannabis. It's some part of the way the law works. And so when you kind of put that same desire onto the rest of the cannabis industry, like CBD, obviously like influencers are a huge social media play that I think a lot of people are using to get around these weird cannabis laws because, and poor influencers. I mean, I'm, I semi am an influencer, so I can say this to them, but I feel really bad for them because most of these influencers don't realize the brand is doing that because the brand doesn't want to get the hit for creating that content. They're putting that hit on the influencer. And I've had some influencer friends who don't post about cannabis, but they, you know, a CBD company reached out to them and they started promoting their CBD stuff. And then the next thing, you know, the influencer's account is down or shadow banned or slowed down or something because they, got involved in this rogue, whatever gray area product that you and I love so much. 
quick break to say thank you to Restart CBD for sponsoring this podcast. Restart CBD is a brand my sisters and I founded in our hometown in Austin, Texas. We operate a retail location as well as an e-commerce store, and you can browse our wide range of CBD products at restartcbd.com. Again, thank you to Restart for allowing me the time and resources to put on To Be Blunt. I hope you'll check them out for your CBD needs. Let's go back to the episode. And it's just a very interesting, like, how do you even start to navigate it? And again, obviously the point of this conversation is to try to shed some light on it, but man, it's exhausting as people in the industry who have this communication emphasis, we're still like, hmm, but like, what can we do and what can't we do? And like, how do you learn these things unless you spend the time to do it. And so I guess the question I have for you is like, how do you keep track of the hashtags? How do you know what are good hashtags to use? What's advice for people who are, let's say, you know, a, a CBD brand who's legal, who wants to promote on social media? So there's a tool for that. Um, but before I go into that, it's really interesting that you mentioned like the influencer stuff. So if you look in the macro and this, a lot of information that I've, I've really gained a lot of like the meat of my education through this is really thinking about the macro. So if you look at the top performing posts within CBD, hemp, cannabis, if you look at the top performing posts, I have influencer friends that have like, you know, ton, like tons of people, but they actually don't populate on the highest performing posts. But then two, the highest performing posts that I've seen are actually people who are not really involved in the industry. And they're obviously, they've been, there's been an exchange of goods, however that may be, a sponsored post. I don't know. People do their own thing. And all that matters is the highest performing posts have been from people who are actually not in the industry. It's more of like lifestyle, food, fashion. I think it also has to do with like built-in engagement and people also like not supporting them and it really having somebody who already does have that platform and that connection with their audience. And those people, for whatever reason, are really receptive to that person. But when we look at our own cannabis community, like why don't we want to engage and share and like each other's posts? I don't get that. There is this tool that I have that I use and I have an affiliate link for it. So what it's called is a tool called Hashtastic. Hashtastic, it's just Instagram focused, but also keep in mind the company's Facebook owns. And I have for a fact that, you know, what does and does not work because I've had gone through some things. But what it does is you go into their platform and you can find your hashtags. You can put one in, see what it is. And um, we're about to get really technical right now when it comes to Instagram stuff. But there's ways to like categorize your hashtags based off of how often people are using them. And then, of course, using the waterfall method, if anybody knows what that is. Essentially, it's like building like smaller hashtags that people don't use all the way up to bigger hashtags. So like smaller hashtags under 500, medium between like 100,000, 500,000, you know, medium depends on really that's just definition based on your category of like what that what a medium hashtag is. But usually it's between that. There's a lot of meat in there. Well, if you YouTube it, any person on so who talks about social media will tell you that. Also, within like higher performing hashtags, so you're talking about millions, two million, etc. So those people who put that information on, and it's kind of like in then figuring out like where you want the algorithm to put you and teaching you. 
And then, of course, the higher hashtags, which you really won't get see unless you have, like, 100,000-plus followers because of the, how the engagement works. So where you're going to be rising within, the, within, like, when you look at Instagram, your discovery page, and when you look at those hashtags, the ones that pop up, because that those top-performing hashtags, when you go to, like, um, hashtag Austin, those are the top ones from that week. And those, those will rotate depending on the frequency of how often people post there. You're also generalizing information. You're again, you're teaching Instagram where you're categorizing your photos. And also you have to think about it from a programmer point of view. Like, you know, they just want to make sure that like everything is go is sorting in the right spots so they can have the best information to serve their audience, but also to serve their investors. Kind of shady, but whatever. Really at the end of the day, to serve their consumers a free product that they want people to come back to and then use the feature that they're real uh, you know, reeling out. So again, it's it's kind of just thinking about it from like the big perspective. And just because something over here in cannabis is happening also doesn't mean like how, okay. So at the time of recording this podcast, we've had the election happen. So that was yesterday. Well, a few days ago, I noticed on my story, um, and I noticed that all hashtags were being um, suppressed due to the election happening. Well, there was somebody who made a post that said like something like hashtag CBD and hemp are being, you know, and, and others are being um, suppressed, you know, make sure you engage with your community. And I'm like, okay, I understand the sentiment of that, but it's just like not taking that attack against CBD and hemp personally. It's like, no, like this is a bigger picture not understanding how social media works and how it plays in the macro, like understanding what that means and why they would be doing that. It's like, is it suppression? Is it censorship? Or is it because of how intense this year particularly is, there's a reason why things don't flood there. Like, it's just, to me, it's also taking a step back and not taking myself too seriously when it comes to social media. Because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's not just about the community. It's like, oh, well, this all is happening. And I just so happen to have this niche content that here that's also difficult to navigate. So do you see or have an opinion that it's impossible to grow on Instagram these days or do you think people can still find success? Cause I mean like what you're saying, it's like navigating hashtags and like, I'm imagining majority of people aren't even like, they're like, what? I, I need to have hashtags. And like, again, as somebody who is on social media for the majority of her day, AKA me, I am aware that there are different hierarchies of hashtags out there and all that stuff. But that still is overwhelming to me to have to figure out how to navigate social media as a brand who really just wants to make sure that my consumers and the people who engage with my content can continue to see my content. So I know earlier you kind of highlighted, you know, you need to know what your end goal is for your platform. Like you need to know, like, am I here just to educate? Am I here to get more followers? Am I trying to make sales? Whatever those, you know, different goals might be. But I personally find it's very hard to grow on social media these days and don't see how people are growing organic anymore, which is why I observe a lot more people are, uh, are purchasing and inflating their accounts. Well, there's a lot to unpack with it. You just said, so first off, when it comes to growing, it isn't impossible to grow on social media. Again, it's the looking at the macro, like we are talking about, like, I really do feel that the time of mega influencers is dead. I don't think that 
people want like influencers with hundreds of millions of followers and that's great like for the average person to do that like let's say james charles like for example or i feel like he was somebody who like rised up most recently like or even like carly d'amelio like those are they they've risen for different reasons that gave them the push now if we're talking about like just like your average person your average accounts i think it's staying true i think it's been very niched people like that but it is not impossible but it's a little bit harder just because of social media in general and right now there is kind of like a battle between the social media platforms so i think that there is a shift right now and so in 2020 it's a little bit difficult but if you have good content at the end of the day, you are likable, your information is shareable, you are looking to experiment with your content. Even influencers with millions of followers, when they experience experiment in their content, it performs lower, which makes them do more mainstream things. Like the Dolan twins, for example, is like when I started noticing this two years ago when they started changing a bunch of their content and they said so themselves because it was like a very like personal blog or whatever. And they were talking about how like the people are just aren't engaging in their stuff and like they want to do all this cool creative things. But those while they have like a million views of a video, those videos only have like half that amount. And then like there's other major ones that talk about like the algorithm and like, what people are interested in engaged with. And so it's not impossible and there isn't a reason why I did that is when we're switching over to consumer adoption is why I find it really hard in cannabis to kind of grow because you're talking about counterculture, but then also this huge world of if you take 10 people, two of them have probably heard about CBD, the other eight people haven't. So now when you're throwing those odds into social media, you have to have good content, you have to have adjacent forms of topics that you also like to talk about as well you know, kind of playing into what makes your account you because people will follow that and it will grow. And if you're kind of finding that those like adjacent forms, you're not being sneaky. You're being, I think from, I think it's harder for me because like I'm very upfront about it, about um, that I like the cannabis consumption. And so it's harder to add like more adjacent things to get people to like me. But like, it's on the flip side of that. If I was somebody who was just focusing on say, like saving the planet through environmental friendly clothes and I owned a sustainable fashion brand and I also just happen to own cannabis, you're going to have more followers because the bit, your bigger topic is something a little bit more relatable than somebody just following a cannabis account. You're also thinking about like how people like you and like what or why they like you too. And what educate and again the quality that you're putting out. You can get so technical, like are you using reels? Are you using carousels? Like at the end of the day, like I can get as technical as you want about social media because my ba- also part of my background is SEO within Google. So like how to get your stuff to rank, what like what are your best practices in UX and UI and Um, you have to take that same framework, but then apply it to Instagram. And then you're going to discover all these different things that you never thought about how your information connects. Because at the end of the day, Google is kind of setting it itself for its own platform. Instagram is doing that and everybody's fighting for our attention. At the end of the day, you know, are you being authentic? Are you putting out content that people can relate to or that people just like, like, and support too? It's all about, at the end of the day, with your accounts, whether you're an influencer, whether you're a consumer, or whether you're a business person, whatever it looks like, or an advocate, it's what information do you want to share? At the end of the day, cannabis is 
our friend. We love cannabis. We want to take care of it. We want to see it nurtured and we want to see it progress. Now, how are we doing that? Now, how are we sharing that? How are we supporting that main goal? Yeah, I think it's such a heavy thing to approach, right? Like social media, like you're a new business and you want to be online and everybody tells you you need to have a social media account. And I genuinely love the excitement that there is for the cannabis industry, but also confronted with the very real uphill battle that we deal with because these big platforms like Facebook and Instagram and Google do make existing as a small business in the space very challenging. And then it just is like, how do you navigate it? What's the right approach? I know something you and I share a lot between ourselves is like, you know, I always question, should I say something or should I share something? It's like, is this going to be picked at? Is this even the truth? Is this the right thing for me to be saying? And and so there's a very delicate balance. I think brands operating in the space need to be mindful of because people are listening to what you have to say, especially when you start to build a following. And so it's just a very delicate balance of being on social media, doing the homework to make sure that the content you're creating is quality, but then hopefully putting your best foot forward in the sense of leveraging hashtags and posting at certain times of day and all those other you know things that go into it to make sure that not only are you creating quality content, but then it's having its best chance at being shared. And really, I just hope people can resonate with like the whole punctuation. It sounds like it is for you. It certainly is for me is like, you just have to give a fuck. I think there's so many people getting into this space that they want the quick fix. They just want to know, you know, how do I get my video to a million views or how do I get a million followers or what are the right hashtags? Just tell them to me and I'll use them every day. And, and so obviously like, you know, kind of wrapping up the conversation, you get to a point where it's like, sorry, if you wanted the quick, easy answer, y'all, we don't have it. There's not one way to the top. As I like to say, I think it really is to take everything that, you know, you and I are sharing grace and put it through the lens of what am I trying to do? You know, And really asking yourself that question, because I know we said we're going to get a little shady. I mean, just speaking from Austin, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in the CBD industry and, you know, some people have been there just as long as we have. And some people are new on the scene and it's just very funny watching these brands grow. I'm using air quotes because sometimes they're not really growing. They're just inflating things for the sake of, you know, taking advantage of social media optics. And, and I think that's just a very real place we're in. So it's like, yeah, you can buy followers. Are those followers going to actually spend money with your brand? Like, yeah, you can buy likes, but is your photo that you're posting really informative or are you, are you spreading misinformation? And so I think that's where my hope with these conversations is is not to ha- reach some definitive point, but really to just start to have a conversation where we can collectively as a community start to identify, you know what? I agree with that and I don't agree with that. This seems like the truth and that seems like bad marketing because at the end of the day, what people 
both really consumers, I think, don't really realize this, but unfortunately, I see it as a brand, uh, a problem for brands as well. It's we're unregulated. And so those of us who want to champion the right language get confronted with people who want to champion wrong information. And it's just like, how do you settle in between? And again, the summation is you don't, you kind of need to form your own opinions. You need to do your own research. If you need help doing research, I'm sure Grace would love to spend some time with you one-on-one and to help identify ways that you can stay educated. Because I think for me, that's the biggest thing I wouldn't say struggle with, but like that's the biggest thing that I have to manage on a day-to-day basis is like, where am I getting my information and who's the source of truth? And what do I do then with that information? And how do I arm my consumers and my community with proper information? And and so I think um, you know, new cannabinoids are coming out. A hot topic I love to talk about lately is um, indica sativa hybrid and why I personally think those are really crappy ways of classifying cannabis. And, you know, the reality is you still have major publications like High Times who talk about indica versus sativa and and it's like you know no dog to them but like that's the language that we as an industry have been using. And so until we collectively as an industry change the narrative. We're all going to be, you know, kind of in this misinformation gray area. So I think there's only more excitement to come. It just is hopefully getting people comfortable with like asking questions and not just doing things because it's like the cool thing to do, but more like, is this the right thing to be doing? Should I be saying or having an opinion on this thought? So just to piggyback off that really quickly, it's also approaching the cannabis industry also with forgiveness as well, because I know... I've worked with people who I thought were legit in the beginning and they turned out not being. So I feel like if you haven't run into a bad, if you're in cannabis right now and you have not run into a bad player, like uh, you should be careful. Yeah. It, it's going to happen regardless. It doesn't matter. I, had, I have a friend who reached out to me and she was like, I have not run into anybody bad so far in cannabis. And I'm like, I'm so lucky to have people have like, just like met you and then these other people. And I'm like, no girl, you're going to run into it. Stop being like, stop looking like it like that. But also, like, looking through forgiveness, too. Like, people make mistakes. And, like, at the end of the day, I start my mornings off with, like, just letting go of everything. Like, anything that happened in the past, I'm going to make sure any cringe stuff I did yesterday, I'm just going to be better today than I was yesterday. It sounds so hippie, but whatever. It's true. And that's how I look at people, too. Like, somebody with anxiety, hey, I probably did fucked up something over here. And other people probably did that, too. So I'm going to forgive this person. And unless there's, I, while I believe people when they show me who they are, I sh- I'll believe people when they show me who they are. Like, and it's just, that's a whole thing to navigate. So, um, but yeah, really forgiveness, because, like, we have so much, so many new entrepreneurs in here. So I'm all about, like, letting go. Yeah. And then two, it's like when it talks to, if you're using fake followers, if you're using fake likes and you're starting out, I mean, to boost your brand in the beginning, whatever. Like there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't do that. But this is, that's not the point of this podcast. If you do have them and you're trying to trick people, um, let me spill something that's really terrifying. We know. There, we know you're using fake followers. We know you're using fake engagement. Anybody who's worth their salt in digital marketing, we know. So stop it. Please stop. <laughs> For the average consumer, and this, I learned all of this, through all, oh my God, watching all the drama unfold in social media. If you want a free resource right now, absolutely free, if you want me to tell you where to go to learn if people are using, you know, fake followers, and there's, there's methods, 
go to Social Blade. Go to Social Blade. You'll find out who's gaining, who's not. And at the end of the day, I'm not here to keep tabs on people. I've been there, done that. It slows me down. I don't care. I celebrate people's victories. When you get your 10,000 followers and you get to swipe up, hell yeah. I'm here to, like, support you because I love you. But go to Social Blade, man. You will find out, and there are methods that you will see. Just look at it. Just look at it, and you'll know if people are being legit or not. So if you're ever curious, just check that out. That website is dangerous. I have spent a lot of time on it. I think you made a fair point, though. It's like, one, we know. Two, the proof is in the pudding. Again, like you can buy fake followers, but if those people are not converting to customers and sales, then shame on you. But I can't, I was going to, I was going to not say this, but I'll say it. I can see where people will do it. One to your point of being able to get features that you get at certain tiers. So it's like, Oh, of course I want to be able to include a swipe up link to my products. So let me just get 10,000 fake followers so I can have these features. The problem I personally find like why this kind of is top of mind for me. I was scrolling through social media the other day, of course, like I do every day, but especially the other day. And some woman was like getting ready. You know, we're talking about the elections and she's like, I'm getting ready. I'm going to take my CBD, blah, blah, blah. She linked the CBD brand. Y'all, I mean, y'all know how embedded I am in this cannabis community. I feel like I know most of the legitimate brands out there. And that's even saying some of the big name brands that y'all are probably most familiar with when it comes to CBD. They're not even great quality brands. Like let's just call a spade a spade. And so you have all this discrepancy in the industry. And yet I see these brands come out of nowhere. Never seen them before. Interesting. What do you do? Where'd you come from? Who are you? And they've got 20,000 followers. And you know what? Unfortunately, I think it's people like my friend who they don't know their homework. They don't do their due diligence. Friends, probably a loose term because I think my friends would know where to buy CBD, but um, that's some tea. But this person just goes to their website and, and assumes because they've got a beautiful website, assumes because they've got social media. And guess what? This brand even went as far as they got their own hashtag. Snaps for them. Really proud of them for uh, duping the American people. But unfortunately, that's what I see. I see these brands that come out of nowhere. They buy followers. I don't know who they are. They don't advocate. They don't lobby. They don't educate. They're just there to sell. And it's like, interesting where you came from over there all of a sudden yesterday. I'm not bitter, obviously. Not bitter at all. But it just is one of those things like I genuinely care about educating customers and giving customers access to high quality products. And the reality is, is it's unregulated. Anybody can say anything and put anything in a pretty bottle and sell it to you. So extra be cautious who you are spending your money with in this industry if you're a consumer. And and if you're a brand, I mean, we might know you're buying your followers and we might know that you're inflating things, but unfortunately consumers are a little dumb. I'm going to say it. And so I think that's just, again, the reality that we're navigating as an industry is you can kind of do whatever you want to get ahead. And if you're here in 10 years, can't wait to see you. And if you exit tomorrow, sorry about it. Yeah, It's just kind of like the reality of the game. And so it's just left me in a very like, Ugh, I can't believe people are doing this, but then I'm not shocked. I'm like, oh, cool. You all want to exploit the powers of social media. Got it. So again, just as you said, like if you're here in 10 years, congratulations. At the end of the day, 
my one vote for cannabis legalization isn't going to matter. I need everybody to do it. Like, everybody. Okay, so I think there were a lot of lessons learned, more so realities checked, in my opinion. I think the real truth is there's not really one specific way to succeed or fail, especially when it comes to social media. I think there's a lot that can be said for having a tolerance to testing things out. So I definitely hope you guys are encouraged to be a little bit more exploratory with your social media platforms while also reminding yourselves how a platform puts you in a position of helping educate others. So I know Grace shares the same sentiment as me. We really just hope that you will continue to educate yourselves so that you can help educate others. And I'm so grateful that this podcast is one way that you are helping yourself and your business get better educated when it comes to cannabis, cannabis marketing, and just cannabis education in general. So thanks for listening. I will catch you guys on the next episode next Monday. And if you're new here, definitely check out our archives. We have a lot of great episodes with a lot of great guests. Thanks everybody again. Talk to you later. Bye. Love this episode of To Be Blunt? Be sure to visit theshadaturabi.com slash to be blunt for more ways to connect. New episodes come out on Mondays. And for more behind the scenes, follow along on Instagram at theshadaturabi.com. 